Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hit it! This is the so-called September bombshell that in reality is nothing more than a political dud. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax. We unfold today's edition of the Lightning And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Yesterday, on the Hawaiian Islands, has caused severe damage. Stock tape. That's, of course, FDR and his infamous day after Pearl Harbor speech to the nation and to Congress, where they declared war against Imperial Japan. And that is FDR, who is beloved by the mainstream media, beloved by the radicals in the Democrat Party, right? He's the guy who they believe saved this country. Um, Not during World War II. World War II saved FDR. World War II and the machine the United States put together to defeat Imperial Japan and Nazi Germany is what brought this country out of the Great Depression. It wasn't anything that FDR did. In fact, what FDR did, not unlike what Barack Hussein Obama did, was throw gasoline on the recession and depression fire that was taking place at the time. World War II brought this nation out of the economic doldrums that it was in because, largely because FDR made a situation worse, an economic situation worse, by putting layer upon layer of government on the American people and the economic engine that is the United States. Not unlike what Barack Hussein Obama did, right? Barack Obama put more government, more layers of government on the American people. And what was the net result? Gross domestic product that never got above 2% for eight years. The worst post-World War II recovery in our nation's history. And it's just mind-boggling to me, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Mind-boggling to me. When I talk to a Democrat and they say, well... Donald Trump inherited a great economy. They're out of their mind. They're they're just not doing their homework. They're listening to the mainstream media. And I didn't even want to go down this path today. I wanted to ignore this so-called September bombshell by the esteemed reporter that broke uh, Watergate. And now uh, Woodward and Bernstein, they're both calling this worse than Watergate. 
The fact that the President of the United States may have downplayed, may have downplayed the Wuhan coronavirus. The President of the United States, not unlike FDR, is also the cheerleader in chief. And FDR didn't come out day after Pearl Harbor and announce to the nation, hey, we've been hit hard. Our fleet in the Pacific, minus the carriers, has been decimated. He didn't come out and he didn't say, damn, this was a major blow. This was a surprise attack that has crippled the United States to a degree. Now, obviously, we recovered, uh, but we couldn't recover right away. Imperial Japan, in fact, made a mistake. They could have inflicted more damage than they did in Pearl Harbor, but they decided to pull back, largely because they had sailed a long way across the Pacific and they were running out of fuel and they had to return uh, back to Tokyo. But this was a, a major hit. And so here we have FDR, not unlike the 45th president of the United States, dealing with a, a national situation. In this case, with Pearl Harbor, this was 10 times worse, a hundred times worse, a million times worse than the Wuhan coronavirus. And I'll get into the numbers again to prove it, but, but the bottom line is we suddenly were at war. And I know people have used the analogy of war against the Wuhan coronavirus, and I don't buy it. It, it bothers me because there is a difference between a man-made event, which is war, one nation upon another nation or nations upon other nations, versus a natural disaster, which is the Wuhan coronavirus. It's a virus. How long have the viruses been on planet Earth? How many viruses exist on planet Earth? There's hundreds and hundreds of viruses that exist on planet Earth. They've probably always existed since there was life on Earth. But the bottom line is, we have presidents of the United States to handle national calamities. And I still don't believe that the Wuhan coronavirus rises to even that designation of a national calamity. It's a virus. And globally, it doesn't rise to that occasion as an international calamity. If you look at the numbers, which I'll take a quick glance at uh, one more time in what is now apparently uh, some sort of never-never land that we're living in. Because I, we know what the president has done and how he has reacted since February and March of 2020. And so now, quote, we have this bombshell coming out, trying to rewrite history. The president tried to downplay it. The president did what the president should have done. And in this case, I'm not a fan of FDR, but FDR did what FDR needed to do as president of the United States, and that is come out and address the nation and let him know, yep, we took a blow, we took a major blow, but he didn't reveal all the facts, did he? Roll tape. To American naval and military forces, I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. Stop tape. He didn't reveal the entire truth there, did he? In fact, they probably didn't know that 2,403 service members were killed and another 1,100 plus were wounded. And they probably didn't know the exact number of ships that were destroyed or, or sank, which was six 
uh, all told, after Pearl Harbor, and that uh, you know somewhere in the order of 170 planes. That's a lot of planes back then. Remember, we weren't on a war footing when Japan attacked us. And so, uh, and by the way, it should be noted that for the record, President Roosevelt and his administration were warned that there was going to be some sort of activity from Imperial Japan. They ignored the warning signs. There were multiple warning signs, and FDR chose to ignore it. There's a lot of people out there that would tell you, historians, that would tell you that President Roosevelt actually wanted to get us into war, to to try and distract from the Depression and try and extract the United States from the Depression, to, you know, to have something else going on, to because he, he knew his policies uh, were failing the American people. I don't know. But I do know that Roosevelt came out and he didn't say, Oh my goodness! What are we going to do? This is the this is the greatest uh, calamity in the in the history of this country. And look at all these dead sailors. And look at all these planes destroyed. And look at the USS Arizona. He didn't say any of that. Did he downplay the attack on Pearl Harbor? Roll tape. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas. Between stop tape. So. Very quickly, he mentions the damage that the Japanese inflicted at Pearl Harbor, and then he changes the subject. And he goes off in a different direction. The tor- ships have been tor- torpedoed between Honolulu and San Francisco. All right, there were a few. And by the way, it's an interesting footnote uh, in history that there were several ships and that, that submarines were spotted off the coast of California. But that is not the crux of what happened on uh, December 7th, 1941. Our naval fleet at Pearl Harbor was caught by surprise and sustained a major blow. The aircraft carriers did not. Really kind of a a stroke of luck there, but the bottom line is our entire fleet wasn't decimated, but a good chunk of it was, and Roosevelt did not come out and say, the sky is falling. I got to tell you, the American people... If Imperial Japan strikes us again, we may not be able to defend Los Angeles and San Francisco. And that was the truth. If Imperial Japan, they had, a, they had another phase to the attack. They wanted to strike the supply lines and the repair, repair facilities, and they didn't do it. They also obviously wanted the aircraft carriers, and, and they didn't get them. So if they had hunted down the aircraft carriers or come back on a second wave to get the supply, Pearl Harbor was pretty decimated. And how would you even defend Pearl Harbor if they came back for a second wave of, of trying to, for example, clog up the harbor of Pearl Harbor, right? If they maybe tried to sink, and this was part of the plan, was to try and catch a, a warship at the mouth of the harbor so it blocked the harbor and rendering it useless, so the, there was all these plans that, that weren't executed uh, during the bombing of Pearl Harbor that Japan could have come back pretty much unabated, even though we were, quote, on a war footing and, and dealt what, what could have been a fatal blow to the American fleet in the Pacific. And so President Roosevelt did not come out 
and speak to the American people how bad really it was. It was bad. And there was a potential. We didn't know. There's a potential for another blow. Uh, a coup de grace moment. It could have been coming. And we were not, frankly, we were not ready for something like that. It didn't happen, obviously, and we know uh, how things turned out. And we know how things are going to turn out with the Wuhan coronavirus, by the way. And I look at the numbers. I don't look at them daily now. I was for a while, but now it's, it's pretty much in stone where we are as a, quote, global pandemic. And I want to remind you, as a global pandemic, how many people have died by Wuhan coronavirus? Fewer than a million. 905,000 at this moment in time. 905,000 with 27,000 reported cases. Now, 900,000 on a global scale with a population of the planet somewhere around 6 billion, 900,000. Approximately 150,000 people die on the planet every day. If you know anything about numbers and statistics, 900,000 out of 6 billion, and that's probably a bit of a low number, uh, is statistically irrelevant. Especially when you consider 150,000 people die on the planet every day. It is hardly a global pandemic when you consider the, the Spanish flu killed, what, 50 million people? And we know the Black Plague, 700 years ago, killed in the order of 200 million people. We're talking 900,000? Ladies and gentlemen, that is hardly a serious death threat to the globe. And what are the U.S. numbers? Well, I just want to warn you now, brace yourself, because we are at 191,000 recorded deaths, and when we hit 200,000... You know what the mainstream media is going to do. They're going to say, aha, look, Donald Trump has failed again. 200,000 dead. 200,000 dead over what? It would probably be in the order of seven months. Seven months uh, time. That's not unlike a bad phase of the seasonal flu, where we know that somewhere in the neighborhood of 30,000 people can die on a monthly basis from the seasonal flu. So we're at 191,000 deaths in the United States. But the interesting number that's not reported, um, out of the 6.3 million cases in the United States of the Wuhan coronavirus, the vast majority has recovered. And it's simply not reported uh, by the mainstream media. 6.3 million cases of the Wuhan coronavirus in the United States because, because we're looking for it, because we're testing for it. When the seasonal flu is out there, we're not having these drive-through swabs testing. And Oh, yeah, you got the flu, by the way. You know, you, you can have the flu like the Wuhan coronavirus and yeah, maybe you don't go to the hospital or maybe you don't go to the doctor and maybe you don't get a test. So the seasonal flu numbers are necessarily lower than what they should be, right? 30,000 dead, maybe 60,000 dead. And the, the fact that the CDC came out and said there were only a handful, relatively speaking, what, 
around 10,000 dead by coronavirus only, again, largely ignored or poo-pooed by the mainstream media, that's significant. It's not the only telltale sign that there has been a complete and total overreaction by government to the Wuhan coronavirus, but it's, it's certainly another piece of evidence. And yes, it is important to understand that the Wuhan coronavirus is an opportunistic disease that strikes people who have comorbidities. And so if you have diabetes or if you are overweight, you are obese, um, you're one of those people who is more vulnerable to the Wuhan coronavirus. But it is a virus that tends to kill and go after people who are weak. And that's just the way this virus, and and, and frankly, the, the seasonal flu works that way as well. But it's important to remember that the numbers being reported are completely worthless at this point. There's 191,000. I don't know what you divide that by. You divide it by something. Maybe it's two. Maybe you divide by three and get the actual number of dead by Wuhan coronavirus because we know people are being labeled dead by Wuhan coronavirus at a higher rate, even if they have cancer, even if they're run over by a car, they're being included in this aggregate number of 191,000. So it completely renders that number worthless. Statistically, 191,000 is absolutely worthless. I don't know what the actual number would be. If we could go back in time and look at all these cases and have a medical examiner actually declare, and most of the time, by the way, there's no medical examiner involved in these designations of death by Wuhan coronavirus. It's just a doctor, and they fill out a form, and they know that Medicare will pay more if a patient, hospitals know this, if a patient is designated with the Wuhan coronavirus, and it'll pay even more if they snake a ventilator tube down their throat, which... It, many doctors will tell you uh, probably in some cases causes more harm uh, than good. So bottom line, we know dating back to February and March what the president of the United States did. Did he downplay the Wuhan coronavirus? Was he straight with the American people? What did FDR do? Did he downplay Pearl Harbor? Or did he tell the American people about it and then cheerlead the rest of the way. Did he say, yes, there was a major strike on the United States, a major issue hit the United States, and this is what we're going to do about it? Well, I'll take you back to March 13th of 2020 at a news conference where the President of the United States doesn't, to me, sound like he's downplaying the Wuhan coronavirus. Roll tape. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. Stop tape. So on March 13th, the 45th president of the United States declares a national emergency over the Wuhan coronavirus. And we know what else he did. He halted travel from China well before that. He halted travel from Europe. He suspended all travel. He found out that we had an antiquated system in place in terms of response to any pandemic, and they had to rewrite the book. They literally had to rewrite the response. They also found out 
that the Obama administration depleted the stockpile of masks, N95 masks. There was supposed to be a stockpile there. They depleted it over the Ebola. They used them and then and didn't uh, replenish the supply. We also found out that there was a need for ventilators, and the president got, without using the War Powers Act, uh, without using any kind of uh, governmental coercion, um, he was able to get certain private industry to, to change their operations. Instead of building cars, they're building ventilators, so much so that there was suddenly an excess. So Cuomo didn't have to scream for more ventilators anymore, and Newsom didn't have to scream for more ventilators anymore. We know that the president coordinated an effort out of the White House and then designated to the states their individual response because every state is different, right? Remember, Hawaii is a great example. And by the way, my buddy Daniel Horowitz has a great uh, story uh, about Hawaii, uh, and that is coronavirus cases, hospitalizations soar in Hawaii since indoor and outdoor mask mandates. Now, we've been here before. Um, I've studied the mask mandate. I've studied using a mask. There are multiple reasons why a mask is absolutely worthless, and uh, Daniel Horowitz is uh, trying to make this point. But the bottom line is Hawaii is a great uh, case study, I think, because here you have a crazy governor who has literally isolated Hawaii the island that it is, and and put anybody in a 14-day quarantine. If you want to go on a vacation in Hawaii, you have to have 21 days now because you go into a 14-day quarantine. And if you don't, there's some news reporter on Honolulu who's keeping track of you and checking your Facebook and will report you to the governor. That's life in Hawaii right now. So they, they shut down Hawaii, right? And I've got some friends in Hawaii, and they told me blow by blow what's going on. So the governor shuts down Hawaii, And their cases are relatively low. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, after this mask mandate, boom, the cases start going up. Why is that? Why? Why is that, you blue state governors? Why is it after you make these draconian, anti-constitutional moves, order people to stay in their homes, shut down businesses, force people to muzzle themselves, why is it that the Wuhan coronavirus numbers continue to go up? Could it be that mankind doesn't have the ability to stop the spread of a virus largely? I mean, there are small things we can do. There are ways we can try and protect ourselves if we choose. People talk about washing hands. Why isn't there a wash hands mandate? Hmm? I'm just wondering. Why isn't there a wash? If, If there's a mandate to wear a mask, why is it? That Governor Murphy in New Jersey hasn't come out and said, you got to wash your hands every hour or every half hour or every 20 minutes. You're going to have to go wash your hands. Hmm? Why isn't there a national wash your hands mandate coming from Joe Biden? Remember, Joe Biden, when you pin him down and you ask him how he would respond differently, he doesn't have any different response. We are in a federalist system. It's a state by state system. So his best answer is, well, I'm going to issue a national mask mandate based on what, Joe Biden? Nobody in the mainstream media wants to ask what I, where is the authority? 
Where is your authority as president of the United States to issue a national mask mandate? What is that based on? What statute, what clause in the United States Constitution, Joe Biden, they can't answer it? Can't answer it. So Hawaii is a classic case study. The, the virus was slow to hit Hawaii, but eventually it did because of, I don't know. I don't know exactly how. Nobody knows. It's a virus. And this is what viruses do. They run their course. And they, and they infect people. And some people are hit by it more severely than others. And so the President of the United States said, Hey, Hawaii, you're different than Florida, right? And Florida, you're different than Texas. And Texas, you're different than Illinois. And Illinois, you're different than the Empire State. Governed by the nutcase governor, Andrew Cuomo, who's now blaming the president of the United States for the deaths. Unbelievably blaming the, the president of the United States for the deaths that occurred in New York. Somehow because he believes the virus came from Europe and not from Wuhan. Well, it, <laughs> I got news for Cuomo. It came from Wuhan. It may have made a stop in Italy and then hopped over on a... Jetliner to New York, but it originated ding dong. By the way, disgrace to my Italian heritage. It originated from Wuhan, China. That's why we call it here at the Ledger Report the Wuhan coronavirus, Governor Cuomo. But here's more from the president, March 13th. Remember, this is March 13th. And this bombshell from Woodward. That the president downplayed the Wuhan coronavirus. He's declaring a state of emergency. Roll tape. Two very big words. The action I am taking will open up access to up to $50 billion of very importantly, very important and a large amount of money for states and territories and localities. And Dark tape. So that's what the president did. The president made available to the states because each state is very different. Utah is very, very different from Vermont. He made monies and he made supplies available to the states so the governors could respond. And then the governors, in many cases in these states, then devolved it to the counties. Um, and that's the way it should be. You can't have a national response to a virus when you have such a diverse Portions of your society like Hawaii um, versus North Dakota. They're just vastly different. And yes, environment plays a role. And yes, the population density plays a role. New York is vastly different than South Dakota. And the response should be different. And so that's what the president did. Yet we have this so-called bombshell out there from Woodward that the president downplayed. Well, what about the media, by the way, downplaying what we know to be true? Again, Daniel Horowitz, another report. The New York Times report says most, this is from uh, Conservative Review, Horowitz, bombshell New York Times report says most coronavirus positives are for non-contagious, insignificant amounts of the virus. In other words, this thing is slowing down. And to that end, another Horowitz here, more good news, immunity rising, and the strength of the thing is waning. That's completely ignored by the mainstream media, right? And, and instead we're hearing, oh, 
Uh, we're going to brace ourselves for a horrible fall. It could be the worst thing uh, that we've ever seen. Slowly but surely, herd immunity is being established here. And the White House physician um, who is leading now the response to the Wuhan coronavirus happens to believe in herd immunity. And I happen to believe in it, too, because in the end, that's what a society needs. And Sweden uh, has proven this. Yet the media is ignoring all of these wonderful things that most people are recovering from the Wuhan coronavirus. It seems to be slowing down. Now, the mainstream media is only interested in getting Donald Trump and boxing the White House into some sort of political corner over this Woodward bombshell that the president downplayed the Wuhan coronavirus. Roll tape. I think the bottom line here is that the president, by his own admission, in private, on the record, acknowledged the depth of this crisis and yet told the American people something very different. How is that, at its core, not an abject betrayal of the public trust? Stop tape. So this is some reporter. I don't know. ABC doesn't matter. CBS. An abject betrayal of trust of the American people. So I would have this reporter go back and listen to the the the, the video that that I played back then it was filmed black and white of FDR and I would ask him did FDR not to betray the trust of the American people by downplaying he didn't he didn't say how many Americans were killed he said we suffered a severe blow so did FDR break the trust the great FDR that I'm sure this reporter and all the mainstream media reporters have a picture of uh, in their office, right there, along with maybe Saul Alinsky and Karl Marx. Che, that's a popular one. All the communists, all the socialists. Uh, Should he go back in history and say, well, did FDR downplay the attack on Pearl Harbor? Because it sure sounds like he did to me. And so the White House is now in this position where it has to respond to a phony, completely phony series of news reports based on Mr. Woodward coming out with an audio tape of the president saying, hey, this is a serious virus. Well, if it wasn't a serious virus, why would the president declare a national emergency? Does does any of this make any sense to any thinking American? Honestly. The President of the United States comes out and declares a national emergency, right? How can you get any worse than that? How can you how can you get more any more serious than that? Is the President of the United States downplaying the Wuhan coronavirus and its potential severity by declaring a national emergency? Come on. This is a complete and total nonsensical non-story yet it's headlines made the mistake i made the mistake of watching the cbs evening news cover this again it's it's as if it's a complete and total propaganda arm for the democrat party and joe biden watching these network news programs but they it was a complete and total hatchet job and they had Woodward out there and they previewed their 60 minutes exclusive interview with Woodward and oh my goodness, you know, here's the President of the United States on audio and in the book saying 
hey, it's a severe disease. Well, what in the hell is a, a declaration of emergency? Not a tacit admission that this is a serious issue that's striking America? Thinking Americans, thinking Americans have got to see through this bias, yellow journalism, hit pieces, this so-called bombshell from Woodward. Thinking Americans have got to see through this and, and look at the actions of the President of the United States and look at his response to the Wuhan coronavirus. There's nothing more a President of the United States could have done under our Constitution and under our federalist system than what Donald Trump has done. Absolutely none. Yet we have the Democrats and the mainstream media now working in concert to attack. And who cares what Joe Biden says about this? All he's doing is reading off a teleprompter. And I look for this, and I, obviously I know how to spot it when you're reading off a teleprompter, um, other than the, these big panels <laughs> Either side, you, sometimes they conceal them uh, pretty well. Sometimes the teleprompters smack into the lens of the camera, so you can't see the teleprompter. But he's reading off a teleprompter. He can't even form a sentence. He can't form a cogent response to this biased news report. It's got to be scripted for him. I mean, it's it's absolutely embarrassing. And the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are covering for. Oh, speaking of Nancy Pelosi. The, uh, the ledger register question, once again, I'm going to let it ride a little bit longer here because I think it's an interesting one. If Nancy Pelosi gets her way and the presidential debates are canceled, which is a distinct possibility, and I think it's going to be some of the most interesting television in television history if they are allowed to proceed. But if she gets her way, remember, she's on the record saying that there shouldn't be debates. If they're canceled, would it help or hurt President Trump's reelection chances? You can go to GrahamLedger.com, GrahamLedger.com, or you can go to the Zip app if you have it on your phone, and you should, the Zip app, and you put in Ledger, L-E-D-G-E-R, in the quick code box, uh, and you can answer the question. And if you go to GrahamLedger.com, by the way, you can sign up to subscribe uh, to this podcast. And just remember, folks, don't let the mainstream media and their breathless reporting, this bombshell, this bombshell from the reporter who broke Watergate. He's got another one now, and they say it's even more serious than Watergate. Remember the facts, folks. Remember that this president has been out there responding to this thing, and I firmly believe if I had a private conversation with Donald Trump on this, he would be on the same page as me, that this is utter political nonsense, this entire Wuhan coronavirus episode is blown out of proportion for political purposes to try and harm his re-election chances. This is the COVID-19 election, whether we like it or not. And I have pleaded with the White House to get out in front of it because this is not going to be the end, folks. Between now, we have 50 plus days between now and the election. There's going to be more to come. This is the Wuhan coronavirus election. And we have to fasten our seatbelts for a bumpy ride, because over the next 50 plus days, uh, it is going to be bumpy. And I firmly believe that the White House should have the president come out every night and speak directly to the American people, just as a way of connecting with the American people and letting them know, letting us know what he is doing, what he has done, 
that what his response has been for the Wuhan coronavirus, this is the coronavirus election. And this September bombshell that's being reported widely in the mainstream media is nothing more, trust me, for thinking Americans, nothing more than a political dud. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, if today you hear his voice, pardon not your pardon.